Today's episode is brought to you by the Happy Music Teacher Academy, where you can go to get beyond the chaos, build confidence, and find harmony in your music classroom. For more information, go to storiesthatsing.net forward slash join the Happy Music Teacher Academy. See you there. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. elementary music teacher who's frustrated and overwhelmed. I'm Jeanette Shorey, a happy music teacher who loves teaching every day, but it wasn't long ago I was in your shoes. Join me Wednesdays to help you find happy in your music classroom. The beginning of a school year can be so very challenging. You have all the things to do. First of all, you have to deal with everybody else being like, oh, I know you poor thing. You just got over eight weeks off, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, unless you're a teacher, you don't understand. Of course, yes, we're well rested and we're usually excited to go back and see our kiddos and see our coworkers and get started with that beginning of the year fun. But... There's also the exhaustion. I mean, one of the things that I truly am loving about my new schedule, because I'm only working part-time, 7.45 to 11.30 Monday through Friday, which is amazing. One of the things that I'm really loving is that when I sit down on the couch, I don't automatically fall asleep. Because now I am getting home and I am working in earnest on lots of stuff to mentor you, my special music teacher friend. And, uh, you know, so I'm working hard, but it's a different kind of hard work. We know that our jobs are physically and mentally draining. I mean, I've probably said this before, but I read somewhere recently that Our brain activity when we're teaching is as much as if we were performing surgery. So we have a lot going on there. Just the physical and mental exhaustion. Then there's the whole, oh my gosh, I feel like I forgot how to teach. And as music teachers, we've got everybody in the school, of course. So we're trying to remember names and learn new names. And if you've started a new job, you know you've got not only the kiddos' names to learn, but you've also got all the adults in the building to learn. I am dealing with that right now. It's been fun, though. And, you know, it's just, there's there's a lot going on. And so what I'm going to do for you, you're welcome, is I am going to give you, for the next three weeks, I'm going to give you three tips to get you started with your new school year and help you be successful and best of all, help you be happier and have a more balanced and harmonious classroom for this school year. So today what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk all about structure. And structure involves a lot of things. 
It involves your lesson plans. It involves your ability to reach the students in a way that makes sense not only to them but also to you and it involves just the general every day that goes into running your classroom. So what I suggest you do is first of all structure your classroom in a way that it makes sense. Within the element of structure, there are many, many things you need to consider when you're structuring your day. Today, I'm going to give you five of them. First of all, you want to structure your day in a way that you can be successful. What do I mean by that? Well, first of all, let's talk about your pre-day or your pre-gaming. You want to make sure that you wake up in the morning with plenty of time. I know that might mean that you set your alarm earlier, but I can tell you as a person who used to get up and fly by the seat of my pants and rush around all day, all morning, and you know, just start my day like that, it was not a great way to start. So what I do now is I schedule my workout for the morning and I wake up about an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and a half before I have to leave. And I know that sounds like, oh my gosh, but this is how my day works. I wake up at five, I go downstairs after I've, you know, done all my morning things and I go downstairs to the basement and I spend a little bit of time in prayer because that's important to me. And then after that, I do a journal. I've got just like a grateful journal and I have, it's, it's very structured so I don't have to think about what I want to say and it talks about goals and it, it's just very structured. And so I love that. And then from the Grateful Journal, then I go into my workout. I usually work out about 30 minutes. And then, and this happens every morning for the most part. Sometimes not, but most mornings, yes. And the, after my workout, I try to make sure that my workout is done by about 6.15 so that, you know, I can get upstairs, I get showered, I get, you know, do all my things. And... So that is my pre-day. Now I'm gonna tell you about my post-day as well because I like to have everything set up before I ever wake up in the morning. So what I do is the night before, after we've had dinner and I've cleaned up or done whatever, then I go in and I you know, get ready kind of for the evening, wash my face, brush my teeth, all that good stuff. And then I pack up my lunch and I set out my clothes for the morning and I set out my jewelry because if I don't set out my jewelry, I don't end up wearing it and I feel naked without it. And I get everything in place, including my shoes, including if I want a sweater, all that good stuff. So when I wake up the next morning, everything is in place and I'm able to just get on the road and get started. I'm gonna tell you that the other day, I didn't do any of that because we got home kind of late and it was just kind of a random evening and I got to school. I had forgotten my ukulele, I had forgotten my lunch, I had forgotten all of my storybooks. I mean, it was a mess. So I find that, 
I have to give myself workarounds because, you know, I don't have a great memory and I want to make sure that I'm on time. And I'm going to tell you that it seems like a lot of planning, but it makes such a difference in my day. So this is what I recommend. I recommend that you structure your day so that for success, structure your day for success. Structure it so that you're not starting out your day with your hair on fire. And, you know, if you have kids at home, have them lay out their clothes the night before, all that good stuff. Do a little bit of planning. I know it seems like a lot, but it really makes a big, big difference. Number two, structure your classroom. So when you are designing your classroom and you may already be done and uh, but I'm going to say that you know if you can do some of these things that I'm going to suggest it is going to make a huge difference in the way that your classroom runs. So I like to structure my classroom so that I've got a schedule in two different places so that I never have to worry about what class is coming next. We have very random schedules a lot of us so it's important to schedule, like have a schedule in place. And then this is a, a little sneaky thing that I learned from another music teacher on, I think, Facebook. I set an alarm for every single one of my classes. So I know about three minutes before class is ending, I get an alarm that tells me class is getting ready to end. That way I can, no matter where we're at, I can stop us and we can end class. Classroom setup from the perspective of you want to set up your classroom in a way that no matter what you're doing, transitions are easy. So if you are, if you've got bigger kids, I don't recommend this with littles, but if you've got bigger kids and you want them sitting in chairs at the beginning of the school year, Teach them how to stack the chairs for when you're doing movement if you don't have a significant movement area. Teach them how to put the chairs out. Ask for their help with those sorts of things. So structure the physical aspects of your classroom in a way that makes it easiest for you. Do not overwork yourself. You've got enough work that you're doing. Other examples. Make sure that You've got your tissues and your lip balm and your lipstick and your um if you're if you're a male you're going okay whatever um but make sure that you your hand cream if you like to have hand cream make sure that you've got all of that stuff readily available so you don't have to go into your closet in like a, in a random moment or in between when you've got your like 2 seconds of break time till till the next class comes Structure all of the things that make you feel good. If you have a special coffee cup that you like to use, make sure you've got that in your classroom. If you are allowed to have a Keurig or you're allowed to have a microwave or a refrigerator, all of those things can be in your classroom to make it easier. Now, you may like to get out of your classroom, but if you don't have a lot of time, like many of us don't, then this is a good way to make sure that you're set up. If you like to have something fragrant, get yourself something fragrant in your classroom if you're allowed. I know not everybody's allowed. Whatever is gonna make you feel more peaceful and comfortable. 
have your music, like your your you music, set up and ready to go so that if you, uh, like if you love to have some relaxing music in between classes, make sure that's all set up. So those are you things. Student things. You want to make sure that your students are able to find all of the things, the instruments, the manipulatives, the more your students can help you, even kinders can take things out and put things away if you train them in the right way. And this is the best time to do that. So make sure that all of your instruments have a place, that everything is labeled, that they're easy to see and easy to reach so that your students can go get what they need. If you have things in bins, which I highly recommend, then you can take out that bin and set it up in the front of your classroom and just structure things so that it's really easy to get to everything. Same with if you're doing scarves or whatever you're doing that day. Have it set up and ready to go. So you want to structure your classroom so that you don't have to look for things, so that everything is organized. Now, this may not be a great time of the year to be reorganizing, but if you have the time, even if you went like stayed after school for a day or two and just reorganized things, there are so many beautiful ideas on Pinterest and on Facebook and all that. And it is really great to have just everything labeled and everything in place so it's easy to get to and easy to put away. It's also nice to make sure that your classroom looks nice. Like for me, I I I know how this seems, you know, you're you're like really I'm not going to be able to always make everything look nice and I get that. But the more you can keep things cleaned up, the better. Have some places in your classroom where students can get tissues, where students can see the trash can, all of those kinds of things so that you're not spending class time pointing out that kind of thing. So that's a little bit about how to structure your classroom. If you have additional tips, I would love it if you would reach out JeanetteStoriesThatSing.net and share them with me, and then I will share them with my people. So that is structuring your day, structuring your classroom. Next thing I want to talk to you about is structuring your activities. When you are structuring your activities, you should always, always, always have a plan in place. When I was a young teacher, many times... I did not have a plan in place and I would just be flying by the seat of my pants and it ended up, um, I mean, it's a train wreck because those kids are not going to sit quietly and chit chat with each other while you're trying to figure out what you're doing, right? They are going to be laughing and giggling and standing up and running around the classroom and it's going to be a complete disaster. So you want to make sure that you've got your plan in place no matter what. Keep things moving at all times. Again, they're not going to wait patiently while you figure out your stuff. So what I like to do is when we're transitioning, I do not talk to my students, especially my littles, 
we do transitions and we do singing or chanting transitions almost always. Next week, we are going to talk all about transitions. So I'm not going to talk to you too much about those today. But if you do transition songs or transition chants or transition activities from the moment your students enter until the moment they leave, like you have a song for lining up and you have a song for making a circle and all that good stuff, it's going to keep things moving. Do as little talking as humanly possible. The least amount of talking, the better off you're going to be. Because as I tell you all the time, these kiddos do not have the attention span to sit and listen to you talk. So it is super important to keep it moving, to keep it going fast. I would say change activities maybe every five minutes, especially with your littles, with your biggers. You may get away with a little bit longer, maybe seven to ten minutes, but change things up as much as possible. This is the format that I use with my littles. With my bigs, it's a little bit different, but with my littles, we start out with the beginning of the of the class activity. So as they were walking through the door this morning, I was singing, hello, good morning, and how do you do? And we had done a whole activity with that last week. So they came in and they were singing right off the bat. Like they just started singing with me and we hadn't even gone over it. But I, and I hadn't really echoed or, or wrote, taught it last week, but we sang it so very many times with steady beat and then we did an activity with it so they really knew it well. So you can start with echoing, you can start with um, some music that they have to listen to and you can say to them, oh, tell me one thing, see if you can pick out one instrument. I'm gonna be looking to see who can figure out which instruments are playing in this song. Give them something to listen to or have them singing a song, whatever it happens to be. Then we do a hello song or a hello activity. Then we do a movement activity. I do not keep them sitting for very long. Then we do some sort of a finger game or a simple song, something that has actions or you know that sort of thing. Then we're gonna do movement or another game, an, a manipulative kind of thing, a listening lesson. Probably by that time, it's gonna be time to go and we're gonna sing our goodbye song. So I have a specific format in mind at all times. This is really good for your kiddos who have trouble with change because they know what the structure is always. They know what to expect. They're gonna be less anxious and less upset. You also want to make sure that your lesson plan is readily available. Don't have it on your phone or on your computer. Print it out and have it right there. Get, make yourself a binder or a clipboard or something like that so that you have your lesson plan out at all times so you're not searching for it. Finally, structure your instrument play. This is key. I do not spend a lot of time passing out different instruments at different grade levels. If my fifth graders are playing ORF instruments, my kindergartners, maybe not this time of the year, but most times of the year, my kindergartners are going to be playing ORF instruments as well. If my kindergarten is playing rhythm sticks, all of my other kiddos are playing rhythm sticks. I am not going to spend a lot of time passing out different instruments. 
If you absolutely have to pass out instruments, then I recommend enlisting the help of your kiddos. Or we're going to talk about this next week, but I've got this really awesome activity where, and I did it even with kindergarten. It it actually works really well with most of my kindergartens. I had one or two. It was a little bit of a train wreck this week, but we're going to keep working on it um, where I give them small directions. Keep it. We were doing rhythm sticks this week. Keep both of your rhythm sticks. I show them ready. I show them play. I show them rest, which is instruments on the floor and hands in their lap. And then we we do this where uh, we pass and I pass both sticks and I say, pass it down, pass it down to the right. And they pass it all the way around. And I'll say uh, the person on my far left, I'll be like, what is your name? Samuel. Okay, Samuel. This instrument that we're passing around is for Samuel. And once Samuel has his instrument, and by the way, I let my kids play their instruments, I always say, boys and girls, we're going to say no nasty noise. And I make them say no nasty noise. And I'll be like, instead, we're going to be like, ah, beautiful music. And so they are they are hearing, and I don't demonstrate nasty noise because it hurts their ears, but I will demonstrate beautiful music. And I'll say, you're going to be allowed to play your instrument as long as we hear ah, beautiful music. And I'll have to usually remind the kiddo on the far left, um, and they'll start playing their instrument, and we're passing instruments down. And I'll say, if someone is playing their instrument, don't try to pass them a second instrument. It is working, even in kindergarten. I always did this, but it's kind of blowing my mind a little bit because these kindergartners are uh, a little bit different than the kindergartners I used to teach. Not quite as savvy. And not because of the school, just because of the nature of children in this day and age. And I haven't taught littles in such a long time, it, this many littles. So you want to structure your instrument play so that you're playing only one or two different kinds of instruments. You want to give your students the opportunity to do the passing out, to do the collecting. When I was uh, teaching in a friend's classroom last year, she had even her littles, as they were coming up, they deposited their instrument into the bin, and that was another great way to go, or you can sing it. Sally, put your drum up, Sally, put your drum up. John, put your drum up. John, put your drum up. This gives you a chance to, um, you know, practice names, all that good stuff. So have a plan in place for instrument play and have the instrument someplace that's easy access for them. Put them under their chair. Put them in front of them if they're sitting on the floor. Put them in a bin under their chair or a bag under their chair. Have them readily available so it makes it easier on you. Everything I do in my teaching day is to make it easier for first of all my students and second of all me. So let's go back and do a quick review. Structure, structure, structure. First of all, Structure your day, your pre-day, your post-day. Make sure you have everything prepared so that your day runs smoothly right from the start. Structure your classroom. Make sure that you have things in place that you can readily get to, that your students can readily get to. Make sure it's an easy transition for you no matter what you're trying to do. Structure your activities 
so that you've got the same things going on in all classes, if at all possible, and so that you have the same format. Structure your plan. Make sure you have a plan in place. Make sure that the plan is easily accessible. And finally, structure your instrument play for ease for you and for your students. If you got some great tips and tidbits that are going to help you become a happy music teacher, I would be so thankful if you'd leave me a review. Thanks so much for your time. Well, that's all I have for you today. But before I go, let me remind you, keep learning, keep growing, and keep being fabulous you. Fabulous you.